Welcome to Football After Dark. This is episode 11 now. We already did episode 11. Oh, it's episode 12 now. <laughs> this might be episode 13. No, it's episode 12. But it might be episode 13. It might be. I mean, who knows, right? Well, I don't know. I, I can tell you. I'm your host, Justin Cutlip. We're your boy, Jusby. Then next to me is number one Chiefs fan, Matt Dossman. <gasps> Professional slash, sports. Okay, I'm going to say slash... Uh, Investigative journalist. Oh, yeah, splash, slash investigative journalist. And that's just talking to you there is professional sports broadcaster Nate Kuyper. That's me. I don't have the I don't have the LeBron water like Corey does. I'm yeah, I have to support it. our king. That's true. Yeah, yeah. and then, then uh, rounding us out is uh, Philadelphia Eagles running back Corey Clement. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I got oh, a man. I got a ring and a tattoo behind my ear. <laughs> you do, you do, yeah. Only the real Corey Clements would know that, and <laughs> anybody that follows him. On. Yeah, so this this would be episode twelve. His last episode was the yeah. Josh Gordon doesn't want to be on TV episode. <laughs> That's what I decided to name the episode. That's what you named it. Yeah, I like it. I forget what we said we were going to name it, so I'm okay with two headed horse, three headed monster. Oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, but like I I, I thought well I was I was list- I listened to the whole episode before I posted it. Josh and then, Gordon doesn't want to be. On and then TV. Matt Matt said that, and I was like, oh my god, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. So it came from Matt either way. Right. It did both both times. It came from Matt. He's he's, he's good at it. It's always coming for me, baby. It's always coming. Before we get in general to how we usually start. Agenda today is the segment that we were going to do, but we didn't end up doing it because I just feel like we, I don't know, last episode was like a lot of just open forum ranting. It was. From a lot of us. There was a lot to talk about. So we're going to do the segment where uh, we each pick two specific things that we would want if we owned a team in order to win a Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to do the team reports, obviously. I think Justin's doing the Buccaneers. Yes. Matt's doing the Panthers, and uh, we're all going to be picking the A, not the A, is the, the NFC A- West. The NFC West. I get, I'm, I'm doing this in two separate things. Yeah. So I'm getting really confused, which is why I, I messed it up earlier. Pull it together. So I'm trying, man. It's tough to keep, <laughs> keep track of. So. But, go ahead, Justin. But for now, let's begin the show with the only weekly football news segment you need to care about. It's the Jubby Report. Chubby report. Vikings wide receiver Stefan Diggs got a contract deal worth $72 million over five years just recently. That's a big boy contract for a, a, a big boy boy. <laughs> Why would you sign a contract that's longer than the current CBA agreement? Um, There's probably some clause in there. They're keeping a giant group of people until 2020. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. But, well, till past, uh, no, till no, I get that. Maybe. I get that. I get. But as a young player, don't sign a contract longer than the current CBA agreement. Right? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird, but also Stephon Diggs has never had a thousand yard receiving year. Yeah, but he's good. But so now he's got Kirk that. Cousins. I know that. I'm just saying that, like, he's been he's a good. top talent. He is unarguably a top talent. I feel like he's had more 200 yard games than like any other receiver <laughs> in the year- league still, though. 
But that's messed up given the fact that, yeah, he has 200-yard games, but then he never has 1,000 yards. Because he has really bad games sometimes. And he did have Case Keenum one year, and then he had Sam Bradford another year. And yeah. Sam Bradford's, like, average passing attempt, like, ab- like yards per attempt that year was, like, two. And that's why he, like, broke the record for, like, yeah. for accuracy for, like, a year. Yeah. It was pretty <laughs> dumb. Raiders tight end and likely sad boy, Jared Cook, made a comment about the way John Gruden shows film. Here's a quote. He's bringing up film from, like, 1976. I didn't even know there was film from back then. It's grainy, too. The Raiders are actually an old folks' home. Like, this this is incredible. Did you see what they finally talked to him about Khalil Mack and what he said? Yeah. That, that, oh, yeah. Speaking of that, oh, keeping up with the Raiders and their infinite yeah. despair, Khalil Mack reportedly won't sign a deal with the team at all and hasn't spoke to them since February. Yeah. The, the Raiders are fucked. Uh, John Gruden was asked about it, finally. And John Gruden's response was, well, our defense sucked last year even with him. And that was it. Oh, he's getting cut. That was all he said. He's he, going somewhere else. I, who, man. Kansas City would love to have you, Khalil. You my boy. Right, Please, right now he isn't your boy. He will be next year. Well. Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell was spotted at a strip club during his training camp holdout. He's probably enjoying having female ass cheeks in his face for once. <laughs> I'm gonna scream. <laughs> I already got. I already had like you know, a I mean, very getting tackled like that. You know how many times you probably get sat on the face that's by a dude. Probably true. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't even really think he about that. He just wanted to get. I see what you're getting. You see, at. see I was, what I mean? I was just. I don't know. I was just gonna make a comment about how he wants as much money as Todd Gurley, but while he's at strip clubs, Todd Gurley's you know working out. Yeah. Saquon Barkley. Yep. He got you know personality mm-hmm. kind of matters. Yeah. You know, so. Speaking of strip clubs, <laughs> oh. Browns quarterbacks Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield, Mayfield bought an RV together. They parked it outside training camp. Then they're saying it's for quarterbacks only. Won't let anybody else in. There's a strip club in there. There's definitely a strip club in there. You can't prove me wrong. <laughs> they we'll had, never know because we can't go in. Yeah, yeah you can't no, go in. You can't prove me people, wrong. They even had the people from Hard Knocks come over and try to get inside. They're like, no, you can't go in there. It's just for us. Why? Where did this? Where did this clout come from that they believe they have? I don't know. Like, did but they I'm just okay like grow it. it in the backyard somewhere and it's like, oh yeah, we could do quirky, cool things? And like, no, you're not allowed. You're you're supposed to be miserable and sad twenty four seven. Yeah, that's what your getting, job is. Excellent starts though. with confidence. Prepare to get sad as a Steelers fan. God. That might be true, but it's just like wait until the season starts, man. Yeah, wait they're having start fun. Winning. They're having fun. I don't want you to have I've fun. never seen, like, a Browns team be confident ever. So, like, the fact that they even have some confidence is promising. That's yeah. true. And finally, on the concept of fun, the Patriots are actually having fun, weirdly enough. <laughs> they tasked offensive linebacker Isaiah Wynn with a, receiving a punt to be able to get the next two days off. The video is amazing. Go check it out. <laughs> they try it once, he messes it up. They try it a second time, he gets it. Even throughout this, even Bill Belichick was smiling about it. <laughs> I didn't know wow. they were allowed to have fun. This is new to me. Well, real, real quick, uh, just sticking with the Patriots, did you guys see uh, Tom Brady getting real ticked off at the media because they were asking him about Edelman? Yeah, yeah. That, I don't know, man. I mean, Edelman's part of your clinic now, and he got busted for, you know, whatever he got busted for. So I just don't understand. It's just... That's just more fuel on the fire, man. That Brady's never had to deal with this amount of like 
like scrutiny. scrutiny and like drama and I just think it's I don't know. The most patriot thing in the world would be if they just stomached it and ended up being really really good again, but like this is probably the most I don't want to say in flux, but definitely the most drama as far as not not things involving football. Like a lot the pages have gotten into a lot of trouble with things involving football, but like this is like interpersonal things like amongst the team and the coaches and the players and stuff. So, I don't know how it's going to work out, but yeah, the Isaiah win video is really cool though. It's really funny. <laughs> so, Bill Belichick smiling is just like a it's like seeing a unicorn. <laughs> so. Thank you. All right, that's Jubby report. So, next, I guess we'll move on to our team analysis. Yeah. Matt, you go ahead and start. Team analysis. I just got with done the, talking. With the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Pump Pumps. What could I say about the Carolina Panthers? It's like you got a lot written down. Yeah, I, I usually have it on my phone, but I had to write it down today. Uh, their strength comes from their defense, and no surprise. Uh, they have a new defensive coordinator, Eric Washington. He was their defensive line coach last year. Um, they've had a revolving door of defensive coordinators the last few years because they've all been really good. And Eric Washington is probably the next to go. He'll be here for probably a year. He was already taking head coaching interviews earlier last year. Um, they fired Shula and hired North Turner as their offensive coordinator, which... Apparently, from what I've seen in my research, Carolina fans are very happy about that. They wanted Shula gone for years. Okay. Um, but, yeah, their strength comes from their defense. They were top ten last year. They were third in sacks with 50. Mario Addison has improved year over year. He had 11 last year, and obviously you prove year over year. You pace for more. Julius Peppers, 38 years old, still, you know, is older. But in part time last year, he had 11 sacks. You use him the same way. Maybe you don't get 11, but you you still get eight or nine sacks out of him. I don't know how you say that's bad. Quan Short and Dontari Poe, they acquired for their interior. Those are two big, beefy boys. That's going to stop a lot to help and keep the edge rush up. And recent, recent picks, Deshaun Hall and Marquise Haynes. According to the coaching staff, they have huge upside. And that's really going to help them like keep their strengths. They didn't lose too much where they were strong. Because that defensive line and that defensive pressure is what made them a top defense last year. Let's see if I have it. There we go. Yeah, they were third in rushing. So like third in rushing defense, not many teams could run the ball on them at all. Their weaknesses were passing defense where they were 18th. They, they, their secondary wasn't that great. So what they do, they drafted a guy named Dante Jackson who has a Josh Norman-type swagger and is already competing for at least the number two cornerback slot next to James Bradbury. The number two was kind of like a two-person race between him and uh, Ross Cockrell, but Cockrell got injured, broke his leg a couple days ago, so he's, you know... Hey. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, they've they worked on trying to improve that, um, and if the passing defense 
improves from 18 to even a couple more, and you still have the number three rushing defense with over 50 sacks, it's a team that's hard to beat, unless you're New Orleans. Um, The offense goes through Cam Newton. So what did they do? As I already mentioned, they got North Turner in. What does North Turner do? He increases quarterback play. Mm. 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 He wants he he says he wants to get Cam Newton above sixty percent completion again, which hasn't happened in like four or five seasons, something like that. He's done it, I believe, once in yeah. his career. Mm-hmm. He's gone over sixty percent completion percentage, mm-hmm. which is like like sixty percent in football and like in the National Football League is like you're a starter, like. 60% doesn't mean you're good. 60% yeah. means you're a starter. That's why, like, and they, Cam Newton has only done that one time. Mm-hmm. So, so like, is it, they, they're trying to increase the weapons around him. This, like, this kind of tells me that this has to be a real put-up-or-shut-up year for Cam Newton. I mean, what they do? They drafted DJ Moore, wide receiver. They spent on vets Torrey Smith and Jarius Wright. They uh, tried to retool some of their offensive line uh, by with their acquisition, uh, Taylor Morton, who they drafted last year, and they have him pegged as a starter this year. They were going to put him on the left side where they drafted him from, but uh, yeah, you might have to shift to the right side because their star, uh, their star right tackle, Daryl Williams, uh, hurt his knee, and he's probably going to be out for the rest of the season. I oh, think. wow. I think that they mentioned okay. he had a knee injury, so it's not good at all. And it could be an issue for the O-line. Um, they talked about Morton potentially having right-side talent, even though they drafted him as a left-side, but you kind of don't really know there. Um, they still have Greg Olson. They still have McCaffrey. They still have Funchess, which you can say what you want, whatever. Uh, like I said, they got Torrey Smith and Jarius Wright. They want Torrey Smith to fill that Ted Gent Ted Ginn Jr. spot that they didn't have last year for deep deep threat shots. Um, but the they have to they have to show improvement on that side of the ball. They they were twenty eighth in passing last year. Twenty eighth. There's only three well twenty nine yeah. four teams. There's four teams, yeah. Four teams that had less passing yards than them. Alright, how what are you supposed to Yeah, they were fourth in rushing, but when the rushing comes from your quarterback, uh, you know, skewed. Like the rushing last year, Cam Newton had 754 yards rushing. Their highest running back was Stewart with 680. But they don't have any more. They gained C.J. Anderson, who would you argue? What do you would you say better, same, same, worse than Stewart? He's the same. It's C.J. Anderson is like. Pretty much the we don't want Christian McCaffrey getting carries in between the five and the goal line. And I don't know, CJ Anderson and Jonathan Stewart are just kind of like that mediocre tier of running back. We're mm-hmm. just like, oh man, they have one game where they get like 80 yards and two touchdowns. Not not just talking from like a fantasy standpoint, just from like a real game standpoint. Like they have that like one game where they're both like, oh man, like they look really good and then a bunch of other games they just they're kind of in that category of like they're gonna get like 15 carries and like 50 yards a game that's like their average stat line, you know that, those that's, type of guys i'd say that sounds about fair enough um that's why like 
I don't know what how much improvement you have there um, with the way the offensive line has to be tooled around. Is that they lost Andrew Norwell on the left side in free or in free agency or whatever this year. That's why Morton was going to go over and cover. But if he swap into the right side and you have to use Jeremy Ser Serlay, I don't know how to mm-hmm. say that. Jeremy Serlay to cover that left guard spot now. It makes it a little interesting. I feel like that's going to be like their main weakness is their O-line, which was pretty strong last year, but with the retooling and who they lost, you're not entirely sure what you're going to get. It's at least going to be some growing pains. Right. At least for a little bit, yeah. For a quarterback, yeah. And especially for a quarterback that had 3,302 passing yards, which, again, 28th in the league and is the second lowest in Cam's career, but it's also the lowest in which he started all 16 games. So any any year oh, of his career God. where he started all 16 games, last year was his lowest passing yardage. Ugh. It was also his highest interception percentage. 3.3% of his passes were intercepted. That's that's a lot. Yeah, you can't have that. I think he threw 16, 17 something interceptions last year, which might not seem like a lot, but when you look at his like completion percentage and attempts, and again, the 3.3% is a lot. That's a lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I also said, he shouldn't be leading the team in rushing. Like, yeah, you got 16 games out of him last year, but that doesn't guarantee it's going to happen again. So, like, their strengths, they tried to work on. They, they made their defensive line better. They've tried to work on some of their weaknesses their, with their secondary. Their offensive line, growing pains, you're not sure what to do. The big thing about this team, um, first, there's like a little bit, two little voodoo things with them. One, if I remember this correctly, even the Browns have a more recent back-to-back winning seasons than the Panthers do. That is correct. And the Panthers were 11-5 and last year. This is an even year. That's an odd year for the Panthers. Right. Number two, they have yet to prove that they can beat New Orleans. They got beat by them three times last year. Uh, the year before that, they split, and the year before that, they got swept, I'm pretty sure. So, like, they ha- they they have not had a good track record against New Orleans, which is a very dangerous team who their defense got better. Their offense is already world star talent and getting better. World star. Yeah, well, I guess I didn't mean it like that. World star! But like, <laughs> it, it just really makes you wonder like where this team's gonna go i think the th- best thing they have going for them is that the only team i think they really have to worry about is new orleans in their division i know people want to talk about the falcons but as i've said when i talked about the falcons on a previous team report and as i think we've all said multiple times they haven't done anything to try and improve their team or their system, and they've started to stagnate, and I think you're going to start seeing the fruits of that this year where they f- take a step back. I think we're still a year out from the Falcons being actually bad. I don't, well, I don't, I'm not going to say they're bad, but they're not good right now. It, yeah, the, the, thing I, the thing I said about them, and I say this about everybody, it's not just the Falcons, is that... In the NFL, if you don't if you don't make any changes, if you stay the same, you actually don't stay the same. You fall backwards because there are teams that are jumping you. Exactly. So staying in the same spot isn't good in the NFL because 
staying in the same spot doesn't actually mean staying in the same spot because other teams get better. And I guess you could say other teams could get worse. But for the most part, if you're a top 10 team in the NFL, which a lot of people think the Falcons are, I know we're not talking about the Falcons, but people jump them. So I agree that the only real team in the NFC South this year that is going to potentially just dominate it would be the Saints. So Yep. And that's why, like, that's why they have a shot, maybe, maybe to win the division, depending on how they play. But it's going to be rough. Like, their defense is good enough. I think their defense is good enough to help them win enough games to win the division. But they have to get that curse of New Orleans off their back right now. So I have their ceiling at about eleven and five. Their floor seven and nine. Because I think they're good enough to win at least seven games. Um, it just depends all on Cam and his ability to like, beat the Saints, use the new weapons that have been given to him, and to just you know play better. Yeah, I can uh, I can see the eleven and five thing. Uh, just me personally, I'm not a fan of DJ Moore, uh, the receiver. I didn't like him. He was kind of that one that was like, oh, man, you know, he's got... I feel like every single year, the receiving class always gets, like, one guy who scouts just really like because of his, like, body type and his, you know, tangible skill set. They don't really take into account, like, how he fits into an offense and how... I just don't think... The Panthers for so long tried this method of drafting guys that were really big that were big targets and can just catch anything thrown at them because Cam Newton's not accurate. So they took Kelvin Benjamin. They went and got Devin Funches. They have Greg Olson, who are just real big guys, right? Mm. And then they take DJ Moore, who's kind of a tinier guy. I think he's like, what, 5'10"? He's more like Antonio Brown's size. He's fast, but that forces Cam Newton to be accurate, which he isn't. And you don't fix accuracy in one offseason. I don't care how good North Turner is. Cam Newton is what Cam Newton is. Like, North Turner might be able to bring about some form of, you know, maybe better play calling. But it still falls on Cam Newton's shoulders to execute an offense and to fit the throws in. That, like you said, he's not even a... He's average completion percentage is below 60. Yep. Like, if he wasn't the athlete that he is, he would have spent a second in the NFL. Like... If, if Cam Newton wasn't as big as he was and as strong and as, like, you know, a physical of a runner, he'd have lasted a season. He would not have lasted. So I don't like I don't like the pick of DJ Moore when they took him because it's not the type of receiver. If it was Drew Brees, if it was, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, if it was, like, Aaron Rodgers, if it was even, like, someone like Kirk Cousins or, like, that next tier of quarterbacks that are at least – accurate enough to have guys that are smaller bodies that you know they're not going to be able to just jump up and get it they don't have these wide catch radiuses then yeah it works but cam's just not accurate enough so i feel like the pick of dj Moore. people are going to look at dj Moore and be like wow man he's a bust like, no he's not that it's just he's in a bad system with a bad quarterback that can't throw the ball accurately and he's a deep threat with a quarterback that shouldn't be throwing down the field as right much they rely on Cam's running ability for short yard gains, and that means they don't throw the ball in short yarded situations, which 
means he throws down the field more than most other quarterbacks, and he doesn't have the arm or accuracy for that. I mean, he probably has the arm. He just doesn't have the accuracy. Right. You uh, you doing a mock draft over there, Corey? Yes. How's it going? <laughs> I got uh, Michael Thomas and Julio right now. All right. It's a good start. <laughs> that might actually be what you get in our real-life draft. Kind of what I'm hoping for. So. Yeah. Because Julio ain't going to go in the first round this year. No. All right. I was going to give my live update at the end of what this looks like and okay, probably yeah. try to go in the future and, like, just do random spots and mock drafts at the beginning of the episode and just Oh, okay. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us an update at the end, like, towards the end of the episode. What happened? Moving to another NFC South team. <sighs> we now have what might be... I, I'm not sure why I've subjected myself to this. I did... <laughs> 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 the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There is, there's one word. There's only one word that I think legitimately enough describes the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a whole. Mm. And it's it's a uh, it's meh. 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 There's a few different reasons why. I'll I'll expound. Okay. You have a team. First of all, let's start from the top. Your starting quarterback, your stud. Jameis. Jameis Winston. Not playing first three games. Not playing the first three games because he fucking sexually assaulted somebody. Yeah. So I'd like to throw him in the pit, but I unfortunately <laughs> I don't own the NFL. So he's a man who infamously told his team he was gonna they were gonna eat that W last year. Since then, I think they've eaten one W. <laughs> <laughs> It's, you, you love that meme. The curse has been activated. Right. The, the curse has been activated. The W's are going to be minimal, boys. Mm-hmm. There is, and it's kind of amazing, because the Buccaneers actually has like a lot of individual offensive talent. Yeah, they do. Um, I really like Mike Evans. Coming Mike into Evans this, is Mike Evans receivers. is excellent. And then coming into this, like at first I thought, like really concerned because Vita Vey got injured to, to the lineman. But uh, he's he's coming back apparently, so I I got to scratch that out. He's he's gonna play in the regular season. Right. But I was reading up stuff about the Buccaneers. I chose I chose them because I don't know a whole lot about them. Mm-hmm. It's not base level. And this really interesting article I read. It's called "The Buccaneers Are Living in the Past." Is the title of the article interesting? So I'm gonna read some of this off, to you guys, because this. And after looking at a lot of stuff, this kind of defines where they're at right now as a team. So, to to, to start this off, there's some statistics for you. For the fourth time in the last decade, the NFL's single-season record for completion percentage was broken. Yes. Mm -hmm. It just keeps climbing, right? Mm -hmm. The expectations for passers and stopping passing continue to climb. Now, here's some recent information from the Buccaneers head coach. Dirk Cutter. Yep. Who Corey and I jokingly always talk about how he's not a head coach. He's just somebody's dad. Yeah. That's on the team. <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's some there's some person on the Buccaneers roster with the last name of Cutter and Dirk's just their dad. Right. He's probably like a practice squad. Yeah. Like punter or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, him and 
and their defensive coordinator both made statements about how the most important thing to them is stopping the run. Now, I don't know if it's because they've got to play the Saints twice a year. And the Falcons. And the Falcons, which have excellent, you know, tandem running core. And Cam Newton. And Cam Newton. So, like, they're focused on that. But this is exactly what, like, the 2000s Buccaneers were doing. (laughs) (laughs) With that one Gruden guy. Yep, with that one John Gruden, which apparently now rumors are coming out that they were looking to rehire him. Okay. Yeah, that was the thing. Uh, Tampa Bay, yeah, there was a report out that Tampa Bay wanted to talk to Gruden again about coming back to head coach, and that's when uh, Mark Davis was like, no, I want him, and just gave him $100 million. <laughs> Mark Davis just gave him the city of Oakland. So, as of right now, in the NFL, passing is two times more efficient than running. Okay. It's that that's how it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um their pass defense uh, from uh, understandably looking from their coach's attitude. Mm-hmm. Not that good. I think it was like yeah, it was in the bottom uh bottom like, I think it was. Hold on, I have the number. I actually think it was dead last. A part of me wants to think it was dead last. They ended up drafting like two corners too because of it, which was really funny. Which doesn't really, right. like... And Vernon Hargreaves hasn't been working out. No, he hasn't. 26th. Okay, so they... Okay, They're so towards the bottom. Bottom fourth. Yeah. Bottom fourth of the league. Yeah, so it's really bad. Mm-hmm. This is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they also had the fewest sacks. Yes. They um, they had, like, the one of the worst pass rushes. Yeah. Which is why yeah. they, you know, tried to get Vita Vey, but... Oops. Yeah, they, they didn't... Well, then he's gonna be fine now. Oh. That dude. just came out, like... Reason I was in my phone while you were talking, like I just got a pop that from from Bleach Report that was like Via Vey go and play regular season games. Oh, so it wasn't as bad. He, as yeah, a... he's not gonna miss a C. Apparently, it was just a it was just a Achilles sprain. Oh shit! Okay, good. yeah. So he's gonna play. They they said that he'll be back before the regular season. He's a starts. really good D tackle. Yeah, he was one of the high. He's like one of those athletic freaky D tackles. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be a good addition to the team. Stopping I... the run. Yep, that's what they want. I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> they're stuck in the 2000s. Um, right. And like, I don't trust their quarterback. I don't like their quarterback. Um, his he doesn't have a doesn't have a great completion percentage. He's not mature. He's not mature. He's not that accurate either. Um, I'm not sure. Like he was pretty hyped coming in, but at, we're getting to the point where I'm not sure how valuable he really is mm-hmm. as a starting mm-hmm. talent. I'm sure the organization's starting to see that too. He's not even a good leader or hype man either. Yeah, he hasn't taken any like strides as being a leader. That pre-game speech he did was his first attempt mm-hmm. at a pre-game. And it, it was speech. bad. Really, that was his first. Oh, it's yeah. so weird too because he used to do it all the time at Florida State. Mm. But like it, his his rants at Florida State were like gibberish. <laughs> like it's it wasn't. It wasn't what it wasn't what it wasn't like the content. It was what he was saying. Like it just didn't like the whole eat the W thing. You could literally see players on the Buccaneers like looking at him like, dude, what are you what are you talking about, dude? We're gonna goose him. Also, <laughs> yeah, like, what are you talking about, Jameis? It's like, also a team that averaged two giveaways a game. 
I did not know that. He's number 26 in the NFL total. So two two turnovers a game. Two turnovers a game, which is bad. It's pretty dope. Um, they have they have a a rookie running back in Geis. No, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones. You're thinking of the Redskins. I'm thinking of the Redskins. Yeah, that's right. Ronald Jones is. They're both. He's gonna be. He could be a sleeper. I was looking and like he looks all right. Um, I think I they they expect they want to get they want to hit two thousand yards rushing this year, apparently amongst. Everybody. Everybody. I'm like, yeah, yeah Ron Total Jones. rushing. Ronald Jones ain't no, 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 no. Total rushing. Like, as a team. Yards. Yeah, that's what I meant. Which, uh, only six teams hit that in the NFL last year. Five of them went to the playoffs. That's an interesting... It's That's an interesting thing because, like... All of them had a top ten defense. Well, okay, yeah. That's that's the... If you had... <laughs> I was gonna... <laughs> the Saints had a top ten defense. I, I didn't even know that. I was going to say... You're like, like oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that... Okay, because you, you said that statistic about passing. Yep. That passing numbers are really important, which they are, but then you, you follow it up by saying, oh, yeah, there's, you know, it, the, the teams that led the league in rushing, like a lot of them made the playoffs. And you're like, oh, wow, see, rushing isn't dead. Like, no, no, no. They also had a good defense. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what I wanted to. So I did that on purpose. Right. Uh, they're not going. They don't have that kind of defense. No. They're not going to have that kind of defense. So the angle that they're playing, it's not going to work. Of stop the run and run the ball. Yeah, which is what they're getting at because they can't trust Jameis to throw good passes. Right. Or stay on the field. Or, or even, yeah, or even stay on the field and not grope Uber drivers. Mm-hmm. Throw them in the pit. Throw them in the pit. Jesus Christ. Throw them in the pit. Find a pit to throw them in. Seriously, find the nearest pit. Find a pit with lobsters throw in Throw them in it. it. Yeah. You'll just get pinchied a lot yeah. for the rest of eternity. <laughs> I, I don't put up with that. But so what's uh, what's your what's the outlook? What's the what do you what are you saying? Like ceiling floor? Okay, so Buccaneers. The the Buccaneers are a piss poor team that aren't that probably aren't going to accomplish much this year. Unfortunately, despite the the overall individual talent that is on it, Mm -hmm. Um, they are going to either repeat or go slightly under what they did last year, either five and eleven or four and twelve. Um, I. Personally, that's the floor and ceiling. Okay, <laughs> I personally like the changes they made to their defensive line. Yeah, me too. But um, drafting Vita Vita Via, they actually they oh, went. Is it pronounced Via? Via or Vea? Oh, like it's, okay. That's not his like full name. His full name's like insane. So it's pretty much just left up to speculation. However, you want to, you know. Um, they also got Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah. Um, who I know he only has one hand, pretty much, but. He's a pretty solid, um, he can still rush. I mean, Jason Pierre-Paul is still at the point in his career where if he's left on islands against, you know, left tackles all game, he can get you double-digit sacks in a year. And they also got a pass rusher from Philly, and his name is escaping me right now, Vinny Curry. Uh, so the defense, the defensive line, and they also have Levante David still, who's a really yeah. good linebacker. Um, the line's going to be great. Their their defensive line now is a pretty solid one. They have a good linebacker in Levante David. Their secondary, they drafted like three corners, which it's going to sound a little hypocritical because I love the fact that Green Bay drafted two corners and then 
you I'll come across as like, oh well, why don't you like the fact that Tampa Bay drafted three? I'm like because I like the ones that Green Bay took more. Yeah. Than the ones that Tampa took. Like it's a different. There's a difference between, man, I'm gonna take three corners in the draft because our defensive backfield isn't very good versus we're going to take three corners because holy crap these are three of the best corners in this draft class like Jairi Alexander and Josh Jackson who the Packers took are really good they're like right. the, they're like the two premier man to man corners were the guys that I don't even know the guys that Tampa Bay took like they were just like oh okay well here's a position it, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers strictly drafted based out of need and not out of best player available. Yeah, which and, will hurt them in the end. Right. It can It can definitely – sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. It's it's one of the big catch-22s in the NFL. It's. I think where, it, it hurts more in the long run. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it's a temporary fix to issues, but right. you're not going to have, like, the talent you want. It's definitely one of those things, like, there's arguments to and for both things. Um Okay. No, I think a couple of more fun facts about their defense and uh, why this is mainly what they focused on mm-hmm. coming into this season. Um, they were second to last in opposing opposed like yards per pass allowed, mm-hmm. just seven point six yards per pass allowed on them. Whew. They were dead last in, How a, in are opponents. You that bad? They were dead last in opposing pass yards a game. Two hundred and sixty. That's going up against Cam Newton twice. Yeah. yeah. Who Whoa. doesn't throw the ball? No. Yeah. Like, oh. that's pretty insane. And a Dead year, last in sack percentage, too. It's it's a, It was in a year. Okay, think about this. It was in a year where, okay, Cam Newton had a terrible year, his worst year ever. Matt Ryan actually pulled back and didn't have that great of a year. And the Saints found a running game. So the Saints weren't even, like, throwing the ball 40 to 50 times a game. And they still were dead last. And they got to play against the Dolphins with whoever Jay Keller or Matt Moore played that <laughs> oh, game. Oh, yeah, I don't even know. Whoever was the quarterback that right. game. Also, they were dead last in allowing third-down conversions. That's insane. Because like, they can't stop passing. That's insane. That team can't stop passing. So hopefully the corners help, but, like, hopefully the, the adjustments they made have helped, but with their mind... I saw all the changes they made, and at first I was a little impressed. But I don't think the mindset of the coach and your defensive coordinator is focused on that. Right. And it's going to end up hurting the team. We mentioned when we were doing the fantasy episode that my my uh, my second-year player to have a really good year was Chris Godwin, who is a receiver for the Buccaneers. Yeah. And I still think that they can be an interesting team just because I really like their defensive line now. And I think that... I mean, I'm obviously I'm picking the kid to be a, a good second-year player for a reason because I think he can be really good. But I don't think whenever we get to the NFC South and we don't know when that will be, just don't be surprised when all of us have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in last because I think it's they just a, an easy – it's one of those divisions where it's it's pretty much like the Buccaneers and then three teams. First of all, it's the Buccaneers and three teams that all made the playoffs last year. Yeah. So let's just say that. True, true. So Yeah, they're going to be – like the, that division's really tough, and I, th- I think you have I a you have a mad team in a tough division. Yeah, with with easily the worst quarterback in the division, regardless yeah. of who it is, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't even know if he's still there or not. Yeah, he is. He's is he he's going to be starting. Well, yeah, he has to start. Mm-hmm. So whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis or whoever they take this year after Jameis, because I don't really think he's going to be playing after this year in Tampa. No, nah, he probably get they'll probably get rid of him. 
So we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. But, yeah, they'll be bad again. I, I, I Realistically, without memeing, their ceiling is probably seven wins. Yeah. I would say so. If everything goes right. Yeah, and their floor is four. Yeah. The only thing I'd add on to it is they're going to have a really good defensive line, and they have a couple good linebackers. Yeah. And they're kind of banking on the pass rush generated from that to help mask their secondary. Right. So that could improve. And if their running game gets off to a good start, too, that's going to help their defense. I don't think that works very well against a Drew Brees or a Matt Ryan. No. Right. That's that's the point. It'll work against Cam. Yeah, it'll work really well (laughs) against Cam, but I think Matt Ryan and Drew Brees are veteran players that, you know, the pass rush is better. It's not elite. It's not a great one. And plus, they have two players. One's out of the – first of all, they have Gerald McCoy, who's one of the best defensive tackles in the league. But then they have a rookie who – just escaped a season-ending injury, so we don't know how healthy he's going to be over the course of a year. And then they have Vinnie Curry, who's a good B, B-minus pass rusher, and then Jason Pierre-Paul, who's a B, B, B-minus. I like them as a group, right. but they're not this incredibly elite group like Jacksonville has or, or the Chargers, Chargers where you're... If they all end up staying healthy. Right, well... <laughs> they're dropping like flies I know already. Are. I mean, that, that other kid, he's a rookie tight end. Like he, what factor was he gonna play? I guess he was gonna play factor. Well, he Hunter was, Henry wasn't yeah. There. Hunter Henry so, just got hurt. He was gonna play. Yeah. So I guess that's interesting. Just don't and throw. Hear that? Do you hear that? It's Antonio Gates music. Fuck off! It's Antonio Gates. <laughs> and he's got a steel chair. <laughs> I never miss out on an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's it for the Bucks. All right. Um, so we've done the entire uh, AFC... Not AFC. The AFC, AFC South. South. It's done, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, do we want to get to the Super Bowl thing now? Yeah. You guys ready to do that? I already know mine, so I can Mine, too. Mine are going to be really unique. I well... Okay. All right, Kuiper. Go ahead. I'll go first. So, again, just to recap, we're picking two... As I guess, I mean, it's kind of ticky-tack, but s- two specific things, if you can, uh, that you would want to have and you think that they would take it to win a Super Bowl. My first one is I want a singular. I want a elite defensive player. Just one. I don't need two. I don't need three. I just want one. And the reason I just want one is because, Matt. Yes. The Chiefs have an elite defensive player, correct? His name is Eric Berry. What happened when Eric Berry didn't play? We had the worst secondary in the NFL. Right. Well, basically. I don't know if it's statistically <laughs> true, but in my heart it was that. J.J. Watt is an elite defensive player. What happens when J.J. Watt doesn't play? No. They, they these these elite players elevate the rest right. of the defense. Yeah. W- w- having a single... Elite defensive player, and I'm not talking like I'm talking a Luke Keekley, a like an Eric Berry, a, a Jalen Ramsey. Like having one single elite defensive player can completely not mask other defensive problems. But if you can have one guy, whether he's up front, I don't care where he's playing. I just want one elite guy. Like, top two, top three out of position. I don't care if it's a safety. I don't care if it's a corner. Whatever it is. Because 
If it's an elite defensive line guy, like say you gave me Aaron Donald, I'll give you an example for each position. Give me Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald sucks up two people on every single play, whether it's a run play, whether it's a pass play. You can find people in the NFL that you can stick at those three other positions that can beat one-on-one matchups at least maybe 30% of the time, right? Just because Aaron Donald's eating up two people. And Aaron Donald still sometimes gets through double teams and gets the quarterback. Um, Sean Lee for the Dallas Cowboys. Go look up anyone anyone that's any, – I understand if he's healthy. No. But <laughs> go look up Sean – like what the Cowboys do, not just defensively, but offensively, they are worse somehow when Sean Lee doesn't play. Well, I could see the correlation with right. because it's their defense is so bad. Right. They're on the field. Their offense has less time. You know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's insane to me that a middle linebacker can affect a defense that much. But when he's there, the entire off the entire defense – just performs better. Another thing that all of those people you mentioned have in common, they're all defensive team captains. Right. That matters. Um, and then, of course, like if you go to a backfield, I already mentioned a couple people like Jalen Ramsey. Keekly. Um, Keekly would be another middle linebacker. Um, I think he's the best middle linebacker. I just used Sean Lee because right. he's in, not he's In not the like heyday, a, would you can, like Darrell Revis? Right, uh, absolutely. Darrell Revis would shut down Chiefs. an entire half of the field. Right. Like, well, you not just, for the Chiefs. Uh, he was no, older. Yeah. I mean, he's played well for us. He helped salvage our secondary for a little bit. I'll, yeah. probably, I'll give you that much because the pure talent mm-hmm. or the football knowledge. Like, in, in his, like, uh, Revis Island days with the Jets and even for a little bit with the Patriots, he could lock down an entire half of the field. You could argue the same thing with Sherman. You could argue yeah. Earl Thomas, safety, when he's been at his best, he can help. I mean, I get what you're saying. A single defensive player can make or break an entire defense. Right. So I don't need any elite. So, and that that's why I wanted to be, I was tagging and saying specific, because I don't need an elite defense because those are just so rare nowadays i just want one guy give me one dude who is top three at his position because no matter what position he plays it's going to make it easier for everybody else so that's the one thing that i want um and you could make a list of all the guys that you could throw out there a khalil mack who we mentioned a von miller um whoever that might be marshawn Lattimore, apparently marshawn okay listen Corey. i don't i don't know it's early but as soon as he got there, that was the turnaround. No, no, no. I understand. I uh, it's, I just didn't name like a lot of the second year players because right. I'm, I'm just I know very you, I know you're against I know you're yeah. prejudiced against them, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The second thing, uh, this I don't think is going to be one that is shocking. This is not going to be the one that's shocking. The first one, I guess, was. Um, I know I just made a comment about how like oh you just need a one elite defensive player and that's fine. Uh, top five offensive line is my other one. Um, there are a lot of mediocre quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls. There are a lot of mediocre coaches that have won Super Bowls. There's a whole lot of mediocre offenses in general that have won Super Bowls. Because if you have a top five O-line, it doesn't matter if you have deck. First of all, Dak Prescott, can we all agree? Dak Prescott is not some perennial all-pro player. No. He's not that great. Um, Marcus Mariota, the first two years he was in Tennessee, had two like pretty like okay seasons for not being your prototypical NFL quarterback. Why? 
See, a top five offensive line. Like, the reason Ezekiel Elliott is so good, the reason Le'Veon Bell is, is – Le'Veon Bell does a lot of things on his own, but the Steelers have had a top five offensive line for a really long time. That pretty much prolonged Ben Roethlisberger's career for the first couple years in Pittsburgh. We had a really bad offensive line, and he was constantly hurt. Now he's almost never hurt because we got really good guys up there. And if you look at a lot of the really elite quarterbacks in the league that haven't won a Super Bowl for a really long time, like Aaron Rodgers hasn't won one since 2010. Drew Brees hasn't won one since 2011. A big reason for that. Bad offensive line. Is the bad offensive So I understand that. Yes, you want a quarterback. Yes. If if I was going to rank what's the most important position in all of sports, not just football. Quarterback is number 1 and then there is about a mile of gap and then something else, whatever you want to put there. It is the single most important position. Yes. But if I was going to create a team that I want to win a Super Bowl with, I get one elite defensive player, I don't care where he is, and I get at least I'll use Dallas for an example. Tyron Smith is a top five tackle. Zach Martin's a top five guard. You give me two A-plus guys and then give me a couple like B to B-minus guys, I'll throw out I'll throw out someone like Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco can win a Super Bowl. He Call, did. Yeah, he did. Call, With and, that, exactly. Right, and Colin Cap. a lot of people forget like the San Francisco 49ers, when they had their little mini, quote-unquote, mini dynasty that lasted about three years – the San Francisco offensive line was nuts with Mikey Potty and Joe Staley. And, I mean, Colin Kaepernick just stood back there for days. Yeah, that was when I first started watching football. Right. They started that little the, the Dallas Cowboys. I, I remember uh, a playoff game on their way to the Super Bowl where he he must have been dropped back for, felt like, seven, eight, nine seconds, was still able to roll out, no contact, and then he right. 60 yards down the field. He had a big run. I think it was against the Packers offense. It was a big it run, was. yeah. But I remember that was, game. But he had so much time on that play, it was unreal. You can, because, and that's one of the big reasons why I didn't put quarterback in my list. Because, like, oh, find an elite quarterback. Like, that's easy to do. Right. <laughs> like, there's, it's such a hard thing to do that I was like, you know what, let's just forget about it. Offensive linemen are more common to find. We just talked about how Notre Dame's pretty much put out three all-pro defense offensive linemen. So you could find, you know, the little bread trails of like, okay, this school seems to be getting good offensive linemen. Let's get two from there. Let's get one guy from here. So that's my two. One elite defensive player and an elite offensive line. So whoever wants to go I'm on a similar track of yours where I was like, you don't need your whole defense to be good. But in my mind, I mean, I know I brought up corners. You bring up like an edge rusher or like a defensive lineman. I feel like the most important position on defense is linebacker. What? Just linebacker in general? Line, the linebacker core in general, left, okay. right, or middle. It doesn't okay. matter. I think they're because of what they're tasked to do. Mm, uh, defensive okay. linemen, you know, interior defensive linemen. You go forwards. You go forward, plug holes. Right. Edge, you try to rip move, swim move, rush the passer. Maybe occasionally you do a contain. Mm. But you, your main your main job is to get around the offensive tackle in front of you and tackle the quarterback. Secondary, you cover. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not. I'm not trying to say it's like easy or anything, but. You 
you learn your few zones, or if you're in man, you learn the man you're going to cover. That's what you do. Linebackers do both. Do both. Yeah. They do both, and they you throw in spying. They're one of the only. They're one of the only like defensive positions that actively will spy a quarterback. Uh, a lot of the audibles and things that come from defensive leaders or just defense in general come from the linebackers because I feel like they get a a better look at pre-play calling than the other positions. The defensive linemen, again, their their goal is to get past the offensive linemen. The secondary, they're lined up on their man preparing for their zones. The middle linebackers, the ones studying the formation the offense is in, they're the ones listening to when, you know, quarterbacks are yelling their Omahas and shit. I think they're the most important defensive position. I think you can have B to C secondary. I think you can combo that with B to C defensive linemen. But if your linebacking core is an A+, your defense is good enough to win championships. The Steelers in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Or like whenever, like into or the, into the, the Ravens. Or the Ravens. Or the, I know you. It, when the Packers had their championship run, their linebackers. A lot of the people you brought up between, uh, oh my God, Sean Lee and. Keekly. Keekly, Luke Von Keekly, Miller, Von Khalil Miller, Mack. Khalil Mack, uh, um, Joey Bosa. Because he's been coming out, mm-hmm. and why am I blanking on the Texans dude name? JJ. Oh my god, I can't believe I blanked on JJ Watt for yeah, a that's second. That's weird. Yeah, really weird. It's because he hasn't played in like two years. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. He's dead. But yeah. again, linebackers, they have the most responsibility put on them, and they need to know the most. And I feel like just to wrap up my first point, linebacking is the most important position. So just slightly little broader than me. A little broader, like I'll take but one elite guy anywhere. You want an elite section? Yes. Of your okay. Yeah, because I because I feel like if you have an elite like defensive lineman, like a elite end, like I, I'm I'm trying to think of an elite end off the top of my head. I'm blanking so much off anything right now. The example you're trying to come up with to me right now is Khalil Mack in Oakland. Yeah. Where Khalil Mack is an elite level defensive player, but their defense, like they didn't do very well. I'm assuming when I make that, when I make my thing, is that the rest of my defense isn't going to be awful. <laughs> like, the, well, the, yeah, yeah. I understand. Awful, I understand so, what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But no, I get what you're saying. The the linebackers. I was hoping you were going to make that point because like defensive linemen, yeah, they rush the passer. Corners and safeties, they cover. Linebackers do both of those things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then um, my other. Like winning championship things, I guess I'm gonna go a little more broad than you also because I I said I wanted to have a good running game. Okay. I like I that includes the offensive linemen, but I want the offensive linemen to be good run blockers, pass blockers. It's rough, you know. Defenses get better. They say what? On average, if your quarterback can get three to four seconds to get to get rid of the ball, you're good. Mm-hmm. If you're running the ball, you need to have a lot more than three to four seconds of keeping your person blocked in play in line the schemes like pass blocking you, you know you, you tr- maybe you 
contact, push your guy off, but then you drop back. Sometimes you do they do the drop back and just try to push people off. Run blocking is actively pushing forward, butting heads. And I feel like that requires a different kind of strength, different kind of energy, especially when you're trying to set up zone inside, outside, toss traps, uh, run back screens even, where the kinds of blocking you need to do are you know, different. They, they require a little more effort, a little more power. So if, if my offensive linemen ha have a strength, I would prefer them to be better at run blocking than pass blocking. And I want to combo that with a running back. So your, your second thing is whether it be – I guess I'll interpret it like this. You're not saying elite running – you're not saying elite running back one person. You're not saying elite offensive line one group. You're saying – what like that whole conglomeration together of what makes up a running game, whether it be that whole aspect of the game, that the whole, whole aspect, aspect, whether it be like a couple guys, like you could essentially make it like your interior linemen are really good, mm, and yeah. maybe your tackles aren't that great. That, that'd be a good way to put that. I, yeah. I, I guess I wasn't thinking about but it, but that's like just like a possibility. Yeah. So because my reasoning behind that, if you have a good run game, I mean, you look like you talked about the offensive linemen for someone like Dak Prescott. Look what a running game did for the Saints. Look what a running game did for the Saints. Look what Ezekiel Elliott does when he's able to play for the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Look what the Jaguars were able to do with their running game. I, I When you have a good running game, you control the clock. I, I mean, these some of these are so cliche, but I really stand behind it. If you have a good running game, you're not scoring too fast. You can score when you want. You can have multiple minute drives. Give your defense the rest they need. You know, let the other the other team scores in a minute and a half because some crazy play. That's fine. You can take six, seven minutes to score, have a drive, mm -hmm. and use it. I'm not saying you don't pass the ball. I'm not trying to like advocate. Be an old funny duddy. Yeah, I'm not trying to. Advocate You're not trying to be a member plays. of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers brass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. not. It's not exactly like that. Because sometimes you know, you go for those big plays, but those big plays are set up by the run. When you're able to control the clock, you listen. You run three times in a row. You have you have two first downs because you got seven, you got seven, four, and ten. Like just something like that in three plays. All of a sudden, that other side, are you gonna run it again? If they're gonna more likely bait on your play action, you have a good running game. Bite on the play action. Set it up the screen. Set up the deep pass. It just it takes so much weight off a quarterback you can win playoff games with blake bortles dak prescott you know you don't have you, joe flacco trent dilfer people Peyton manning in the last year of his career exactly you don't like if you have an elite quarterback that can win you games that's awesome and, and it means you always have a chance to win it but if you want the most consistency i think it needs to start from the running attack it's the most important aspect to the offensive side of the ball to me because if you make a bunch of big play passes all of a sudden and you're not running the ball as much. Your tired-ass defense has to go right back out. Your tired-ass defense has to go right back out and you're not threatening the def the opposing defense with anything different. They can lock down their coverages. They can throw an extra zone. They can do a double man on somebody. Whereas... If you're running the ball consistently and are good at it, they have to put an extra man in the box. 
make your slot guy more open, or you have an elite tight end, the Gronkowski's, the Kelsey's, the Olsen's, someone has to come into the box to stop the run. Now, boom, post-slant post off the line, wide open. You know, those, those kinds of things are only achievable if you have a running game. Yeah. That's my opinions. All right. So somewhat two similar kind of answers. Yeah, mine's very different. Really? Oh, really? Okay. The first thing I want is a head coach. Oh, shit. Okay. But not just any head coach. A head coach that was specifically an offensive coordinator underneath Andy Reid first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> I really thought... <laughs> Just, you were, you were about to hit me with something so profound, like an offensive coordinator, like a head coach that was an offensive coordinator, and then you underneath Andy Reid. It's important. Okay. All right. <laughs> a couple examples of that in the league. There are there yeah there are with with, with good records. Yeah. Too. Andy Reid does this thing where the, he he lets these little baby birds go, and he himself can't get the ring, but they can. Oh. And it's I want that. On the my latest team. one being Doug Peterson, yep. of course. A lot of people. That's that's the that's the most recent one. How mm-hmm. many have there been? Well, like Andy Reid proteges that have gone on to be really good head coaches. Yeah. Gosh, I don't I don't, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot. I don't know off I know the next one's gonna be Nagy of the Bears. You just watch yep. them be good all of a sudden. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's gonna happen. They'll just come in. Not this and year. It's offensive. It's not. Yeah, it's offensive. We're talking about strictly offensive coaches that go under Andy Reid. Yeah. So that's your first one. Uh-huh. I like that. You went obscure. Not even obscure, but it was just really funny. It, 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 I mean, it works. Right. So that's one. So you get a head. So you're head coach. Bang. Mm-hmm. Offensive-minded head coach from Andy Reid's coaching tree. Yeah. I want Basically, I want an excellent offensive-minded head coach, okay. right? All right. I like that. The second thing I want is, I guess it's a little similar to yours. I want the best available corner in the NFL. Ooh, okay. You want the best? you went you went more narrow than me. Yeah. Okay. My, my mine are pretty specific. Okay. I want the best corner in the NFL. The best corner. So you want like Revis Island in his prime all yes, the time. All the time. Okay. I want. So, if you, you have a brilliant. Head, like offensive-minded head coach, mm-hmm. there's a lot you can do with less than a lot of other teams. You see it all the time. Yeah, no, um, 100%. What you get from having that kind of corner, and it kind of references, kind of refers back to what I was talking about earlier with how prominent the passing game is in the NFL. A corner like that, a corner who can take and shut down an entire section of the field, can take over a game on their own mm-hmm. and completely stop an offense. And if so, all you need to consistently win games and squeeze your way into a Super Bowl and eventually win it by based on pure luck, if we had to pick three things, my third thing would be luck. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you can... You can stop the. You can stop like a great quarterback or something from getting to their guys, and your your schemes from your brilliant offensive minded head coach will get you where you need to go. The oh, man, some people forget. Man, Darrell Revis 
in his like heyday, mm-hmm. my lord, I wanted like, Darrell Revis. It, it it literally he eliminated a third of the football field. It was scary dude. by himself. It, I mean, it was really scary. Richard um, and another thing like Richard Sherman. I st- and by the way, Richard Sherman. There has been some videos coming out of like him and San Fran. Oh like, man, he actually looks like still pretty good. Man, there were like even if you have like an elite guy like you're mentioning, like having an elite quarterback. When Aaron Rodgers would go up against Seattle, he would not. Oh, Sherman even would look. He wouldn't even like look over at whatever side Richard no, Sherman. Well, look Richard at- Sherman plays one side, but whatever receiver was over there, Rodgers is like an exceptional talent at quarterback. He didn't even look. You know what's towards fun? Richard Sherman. Here, here's something that's really fun. This is kind of as a result because of Richard Sherman. Uh, when during his prime, when the times that they've played. Um, Jordy Nelson has had horrible stats against Seattle. Yeah, because he lines up on the side that Sherman played on. Yeah, yeah. Because Sher- yeah, every time you know, Sherman would be lined up with Jordy, and then it w- it would happen. The playoff game last year between Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, not a single one of Antonio Brown's catches were when he was matched up against Jalen Ramsey. That's what it happens. Was only when they swapped him. And put AJ on. Now AJ's really good. AJ's like top ten. But you're putting up, but you're going up against the but best wide receiver. When it's Jalen, they didn't even throw the ball. They they like stuck Juju on him. They're like Juju play over there and suck up Ramsey, and then we'll throw the ball to Antonio when he's up against Bouye. So yeah, it's Ramsey can pretty a guy like Ramsey, a, gay, a guy like uh, um, I'll throw I'll throw Lattimore out there for the specific example of in the two games against Atlanta, like. That was huge for the Saints because, like, game, like jump balls for Julio that Julio maybe gets 80% of the time, he was only getting at, like, 50 to 40. It was almost a 50-50 split when the La- like in the Lattimore-Julio one-on-one matchups. So that's what an elite corner gives you. Like, a guy who's almost 100% catch rate, you drop that down to a 50 or to a 60, that's huge. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Corey. All right, so... Uh, first thing I want is synergy between my departments. I need oh. head coaching that could work with the scouting department to get the guys that the head coach needs for his schemes. Uh, I don't care where the synergy comes from. With it comes from one person like Belichick, who just works with himself and gets <laughs> the guys that he needs all the time. Right. I don't. He gets the guys that he needs for his system, and then the second thing that i need is the head of scouting that's to well, get you the went players. like you almost went like strictly uh front office right which i i expected you to do that the you're, player, the, you're the big front office guy i mean if you no, use you're, the you're... players for their strengths that's what mm-hmm. that gets you there like jacksonville new england they have these players and they use their strengths and it, because of that it doesn't seem like they have any weaknesses mm-hmm yeah, you're right. Uh, Seattle pick. did it uh, when they for were a good, while. for yeah. a while, right? San Fran did it, right? When when they were that little like three year mini dynasty they had, right. where they had just an unbelievable roster. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're stacking what they're good at, mm-hmm. only using them with that. Like I, you talked about one of your coaching philosophies before. Uh, you wanted if you were a wide receivers coach, you'd find out what your wide receivers best routes are what they like to do and that's what they do and that's what they're kind of doing that except the opposite they're 
only looking for the guys that could do this route tree right to pass block you know whatever they do and then they just make systems to sub packages mm-hmm. and packages to use the in those people in those positions you you take your talent not based on a you don't go into evaluating a team with this i have a scheme and i'm gonna make these guys fit the scheme right you build your scheme around the people you have right um you could have sort of in a like i don't think you could have an a preference you could say like okay i want to kind of run this style of offense but then you have to kind of have the i guess the the pride or maybe the lack thereof to say okay we don't really have the guys to do this let's do this instead because right. we have you know really right. good we don't have a big play threat at receiver so let's just do like sort of a west coast you know not stretch the field as much right you have and uh, that comes from your head of scouting your right. head of your front office your scouting department your gm which yeah. is what you're talking about yeah here like high-end guys like first round picks or like coveted free agents most of them are good at multiple things Mm -hmm. that means they can be on the field more whatever but then when you're getting down to the bottom the barrel later rounds you know restricted free agents unrestricted free agents uh that practice squad guys that are only good at a couple things that's like that's what you need to be able to look for that's why you need to be able to evaluate their strengths and make sure they can fit your team you know who did that really well last year the team that won the super bowl what right the eagles did that probably better than anybody else they substituted constantly Mm -hmm. constantly on defense you mentioned the fact that like the eagles used like a ton of different offensive line groupings they had about six different running backs get time playing. When Nick Foles became their quarterback, it took a little bit, but they converted to RPO. Right. It's almost like, you know, you don't you don't want to be rigid, have backup plans, be flexible. Yep. So All, All right, right, let's get to the NFC West. Oh boy. I will I will go first since I went first uh, in the Super Bowl thing. So the NFC West is uh, for those that don't know, I always like to put this in there. Uh, it is the division that has the Los Angeles Rams, the Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers, and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, start at the bottom, go up. I think I'm not going to be different from anybody else here, although I do think my record will be a little different. Um, I do have the Arizona Cardinals in last. <coughs> now, I'm probably – this is going to be one of those – I know Matt always brings up like the cliches that you hear in the NFL – You always hear about those teams that aren't as bad as their record shows. Arizona is not going to be as bad as the record that I have them at. I just think that there's going to be so much growing pains for this team where they're transitioning away from Sam Bradford into Josh Rosen, who I believe is going to be the best quarterback in this draft class. I believe he could be, if he stays healthy, he could be Aaron Rodgers-esque. That's how, like, arm talent he is in his mind. Um, I love his attitude. I love how, like, low-key cocky he is and how different he is. Um, I've mentioned a couple of times, this team won seven games last year with, I think, Blaine Gabbert and and Drew Stanton, I think, at quarterback. And not David Johnson. Yeah, right, and not David Johnson, who I have as the best running back in the NFL. They have not been able to keep Tyron Matthew healthy. 
and they didn't fall for the trap in paying him. They let him go to free agency, and they ended up replacing him a couple days ago with Trey Boston, who somehow was on free agency for this long. I know he's a veteran safety, but my God, like how long he was on the market for. They do have a new head coach in Steve Wilkes, who I don't know if he's going to be some perennial head coach. Right now he's easily the fourth best head coach in that division. I think that's easy to kind of deduce. But uh, I really liked Christian Kirk, their receiver they took, who was kind of that like trendy, ooh, he's that small body type of receiver that can turn into like a 100-plus catch guy if he can get the right quarterback. And he's going to learn from Larry Fitzgerald, and I can't imagine a better situation for a young receiver than to learn from probably the greatest receiver we've seen in our generation. I think that's one of the greatest, Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, for sure. Like, he's easily top five. Oh, my God. He's just so good. I'm going to cry when he retires, Me and I'm too. not even a Cardinals fan. Yeah, I, I am too. But um, I have the Cardinals at 6-10. and 10. They're not – they're not – there will be the – the Cardinals will be the best team this year that finishes below 500. I'll say that. Yep. They'll be the best team that finishes below 500. And I do think Josh Rosen very, very quickly uh, before – because I think Sam Darnold's going to start week one. Baker's not going to. Lamar won't. All the other rookies won't. Josh Rosen won't, but he will be the one that doesn't start week one that takes over the soonest. Yeah, I have him So kind of like as a part of my prediction. My projections here. I have uh, Sam Bradford getting hurt. Sam Bradford getting hurt. Okay. Uh, uh, at the big at the beginning of week two. Okay. Um, but I have, <laughs> I, have, I have the Arizona Cardinals at six and ten. After them, or I should say, ahead of them by one game is the Seattle Seahawks. I've kind of talked about it numerous times. I don't want to be redundant. I don't believe that NFL teams tank because when you tank in the NFL, you get fired. And. Pete Carroll's in the last year of his deal. He's almost 70 years old. He's, you know, it, there's, been, there's been comparisons made to when he was in college, not made by me. But there's been comparisons to when he was made in college where he was the coach for USC and then a really, really smart, offensive-minded coach showed up in the Pac-12 and Chip Kelly and he, L and Jim Harbaugh at Stanford, and they ran Pete Carroll out of the U.S. out of the Pac-12, and he went to the to the NFL. And he took the job for Seattle. Uh, he won a Super Bowl, went to another one, probably should have won. And then two really smart, offensive-minded coaches arrived in the NFC West in Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. And now it's looking like Pete Carroll's going to get run out of the NFL again. It's just a strange, you know, uh, thing. We've talked about if as long as you have Russell Wilson, your your ceiling is, or I should say, your floor is very very high, just because he's one of the elite quarterbacks. I just think that there's something going on in Seattle where they're kind of self aware at the fact that the Rams are a Madden team, uh, San Fran's rebuilding, Arizona's rebuilding, and they have their quarterbacks of the future. And I just think Seattle is in a position where their offensive line still stinks. They absolutely hemorrhaged what was left of the Legion of Boom. They're going to get rid of, at some point, they're going to get rid of Earl Thomas as well. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, the he only... He sold his house. Right. Want to talk about a holdout. Yeah, he that sold his house. That man sold his house. Uh, the only remaining real elite player for the Seattle Seahawks left will be Bobby Wagner. And he's a really good inside linebacker, but, man, is that a... Two years ago, if you'd have thought to yourself the Seattle Seahawks were going to be no Sherman, no Chancellor, no Thomas, no Bennett, damn... 
Like, they're just hemorrhaging everybody. I think they uh, go sub-500 this year. After them is the San Francisco 49ers. <coughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, the Seattle Seahawks go 7-9. and nine. Uh, San Fran's only going to go 8-8. Eight eight. Can we not get ahead of ourselves? I I, that, I agree. This is still a well, not... San Fran? Yeah, San Fran oh. goes 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> oh, no. I'm ahead of ourselves. San, <laughs> San, Fran, San Fran's going to go 8-8. Eight eight. I, oh, no. I, like, I don't like their running game, whether it be Joe Williams uh, or... Who the heck did... Oh, man. Breda. No, no, not Matt Breda. Um, the dude from Minnesota. Oh, uh, Jared McKinnon. Jared McKinnon. Uh, I think he'll be okay from a fantasy standpoint, but I'm absolutely 100% not impressed with their offensive personnel outside of Marquise Goodwin. I really wanted them. This is going to sound blasphemous, but I was on board for the Pittsburgh Steelers to trade Le'Veon Bell to the San Francisco 49ers for their first-round pick in the top 10 to just cut the drama out of the Steelers' locker room, and the Steelers didn't do it because they're the Steelers and they're, and they're pig-headed. But um, I don't like their offensive personnel outside of Garoppolo. Let's be honest, he played in five games, and the only one where Garoppolo individually was really, really impressive was against Jacksonville, and Jacksonville turned the ball over three times in that game and gave him a lot of short fields. Their defensive line is really good. Solomon Thomas didn't have that great of a rookie year, but he's a really good player. Eric Armstead's a really good player, and so is DeForest Buckner. They had a lot of injuries in their backfield, and I think uh, Jacuizzi Tart being one of them, he's a Kind of a middle-of-the-road corner that a lot of people expect better games from. But listen, like, Jimmy's good. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Jimmy's not good. But this is still, like, not a very good roster. They got Sherman in the backfield. He looks okay. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat selling the hype on the 49ers. They go 8-8. Eight and eight. So I have a 6-10 and 10 team, a 7-9 team, and an 8-8 eight and eight team. The Los Angeles Rams, it's just stupid. <laughs> like, it's just really stupid, like, how good this team is now. And we've talked about their issues and their potential issues. I weigh that into the equation that you have a lot of volatile personalities. You have Aaron Donald holding out. Um, I just think the Rams capitalize on a division that has two teams that, essentially three teams in a weird way, that outside of their quarterbacks are all rebuilding. Essentially, because Josh Josh Rosen's going to be the quarterback for the Cardinals for the foreseeable future. Jimmy Garoppolo obviously is a franchise guy. Russell Wilson's a franchise guy, but the other three uh, teams are just kind of in this weird limbo stage. So I think the Rams capitalize on that, go six and zero in their division, and then after that, all you got to do is win six more games to uh, go twelve and four. You think is, they go six and zero in I the think division? They go six and zero. You are out of your goddamn mind. I think they go six and zero. And uh, you, at that point, you go six and four against the rest of the team. Some of those losses, I think, could actually be really ugly because they play a lot of really tough teams, and the NFC is really good. And again, we're talking about a team that could potentially not have the best defensive player in the league playing for them. And I think there could be a couple games where it gets really ugly. But uh, if they don't go six and zero, oh, they're gonna go like five and one. Now it's being really dramatic. Maybe they, maybe they lose to San have- Fran. I'm, I'm, I'm have them going 5-1 and one in the division, but say, like... Oh, no. Could, oh, no. It could easily be like, okay, if they go... They're only lost the division that I have to, to the Niners. Yeah. Oh, They're gonna... Man. When I'm, the Rams stunk, they regularly beat the Seahawks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm giving them the Seahawks sweep. I'm giving, oh, yeah, them yeah. The, I'm giving them the Cardinals sweep. If San Fran 
ticks one from them off a Robbie Gold field goal. That's what's like, gonna happen. Okay, cool. It'll happen. And what'll, so, no, I what I what I think is it happens. It happens. Uh, week seventeen when their starters are sitting. That, okay, that's that's a fair point. <laughs> that's honestly a fair point. Um, I just think the NFC will be competitive enough down the stretch that the Rams have something to play for at the end of the year. So I have them going twelve and four. They're the first. They're the number one overall seed in the NFC. That's my NFC West. So who wants to go next? <laughs> uh, I can go. Um, serving up the bottom. Arizona. I think anybody surprised Arizona. Arizona. I have them going five and eleven. Okay. Um, if you guess them to go the opposite way, I think they'll, they'll have a couple notable wins. Um, they will. I think they beat San Fran once. I think they split with San Fran. That's what yeah. I have. Um, I have them beating the Raiders, Lions, Falcons, and Ooh, that Fal- That's a that's a juicy little upset there. Yeah, because a lot of people aren't going to pick that. I think the Cardinals could easily upset. Them. Oh, absolutely. And then uh, the Redskins week one. Okay. Uh... <clears throat> But the, the, but the trajectory I have this at, okay, is I, I based it off of this. Week one, Sam Bradford's playing. The beginning of the game, week two, Sam Bradford gets injured and Josh Rosen has to start. So they lose the next five games in a row. <laughs> okay. The first five starts of Josh Rosen's career, he goes 0-5. Yes. Okay. Because he's not Opposite ready. Opposite of Garoppolo. Opposite of Garoppolo, yeah, well, Because yeah. Garoppolo was ready and Rosen's not. Okay, fair enough. Then they then they beat the Raiders because uh, by the time it gets to <laughs> what week is this? By the time it gets to week nine, most of those old people they're gonna have broken bones. Okay. <laughs> All right, I like that. Then uh, and then Rosen will start getting more consistent as the season gets towards the end. Okay. But you you agree with me saying that like they're gonna be a sub five hundred team, but they'll be better. Oh yeah, yeah. Than, it's, it's, like, especially as far as like talent goes. Yeah, their record won't dictate. How could that team yeah, really like is? if you looked at this like wow they won five games like no like they're not a five win team it's just their schedule and their roster their schedule was tough right oh okay. my god so who you got next I have the Seattle Seahawks going eight and eight guys are higher I mean slightly higher on them than me along with the 49ers also, also eight, eight and eight, eight. this uh, I have the 49ers slightly edged in tiebreakers okay over the Seahawks. Over, like, the, the, from a divisional record. From yeah. the divisional record, okay. yeah. So, what do you got there? Russell Wilson, if your floor with Russell Wilson is seven wins. My floor with Russell is not seven with the current roster. It's like six. So It's, it's close enough, right. I guess. But he will win you games, single-handedly. Did it against the Eagles. Yep, he will win you a handful of them. Okay. Um, my, and then they're not – they have a slightly softer schedule too. A lot of their um, tougher games are in Seattle. Yeah. A lot of their tougher games are home in Seattle. Always plays amazingly at home. Um, yeah. Like they're – wonder if anybody's going to show like up though. They're hosting the Cowboys. They're hosting the Chargers. They're hosting the Packers. But they're going to lose that game. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to this. Like, oh, oh, shit! I have, I have the Packers going 16 and 0. Actually, no, I already have them. Yeah, I was gonna say, you got, got the Packers going 16 and 0, but no, I already had them losing a game. The Rams beat them, but uh, so, so both speaking, teams tie. Both teams tie at eight and eight. Uh, the Niners. Um, I have them with Garoppolo is the truth, but it just the team's not there yet. Right. 
is, is the way I see it. I disagree. <sighs> the team is not there yet. Okay. It's not fully formed. All right. I do think he has, like, an underrated set of wide receivers. Especially, I, I'm really high on Marquise Goodwin. You do like Marquise Goodwin a lot. I'm high on him. I think he's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have... <laughs> I have. I also have them losing to the Packers. Okay. But they're in Green Bay for that one, so, like... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. Kaepernick's not the quarterback for the 49ers, so the Packers could actually win. Yeah, I have... Um, <laughs> I have them splitting. I have the Niners splitting with the Rams. I have the Seahawks getting, you know, swept. Lose, yeah, getting swept. Yeah. So what do the Rams go? The Rams go ten and six. Wow! Just ten and six. Just ten and six. So you're 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 somewhat <laughs> selling the hype. I'm on. I'm in the camp that the nature of the team is a little unsustainable. And I think it costs them a little bit. It will still get them into the playoffs. Right. And I think once they get there, it'll end up shaking out a little better. Okay. But uh, I have them losing. I just have to talk about their losses because that's stuff where you guys are going to be fucking mad at me. The six um, losses that the Rams have? Yeah. Okay. Their first loss is going to come week three against the Chargers. That's fight the, for L.A. That's the first fight for L.A. It is. That's the, fir- the first annual, well, the first... Uh, quadricentennial fight for LA, <laughs> and, and they get Christ. they get up and they get upset. Okay, I think. Um, then, then they lose. Then they lose in Denver. Wow, that's a. I don't think I'd pick. I'll tell you this right now. Not to. I would never pick Denver to win that game. But when that game rolls around, whatever the point spread is, I take Denver in that game. Yep, I take the point spread for Denver in that game. Yeah, because it, it's going to be close. Yeah. Uh, people are counting Denver out really hard, and, and it's, Denver's not a playoff team, but they'll be. Better. They're not a playoff team, but they're gonna cause some upsets. Yeah. Okay. That defense will cause some upsets. You have your one guy. You have Von Miller. So I'm trying to think. Okay, so you, are, I know that you have them losing to the Packers. That's three. No. Oh, you don't. No, I have them beating the Packers. I okay. told you that was gonna happen. All right. So you have two losses. Who are the other four? Oh, you've won to San Fran. One to San Fran. One to San Fran. So that's three. One in New Orleans. I agree. And then one when they're hosting the Chiefs. Ooh. And then and then when they're hosting the Eagles as well. Technically that game is in Mexico against Kansas City. So oh, it doesn't say hosting. on here. They had the you have the London Te- games on here. But technically like it's a home game for Kansas City. They're yeah. they're counting it as a home game for Kansas City. No, no, no. Can- they're counting it as a home oh, game oh, for right. the Rams. Home game for the Rams. Technically uh Kansas City has to travel less. They go closer to home. I don't think they go as Means far. the fans travel less too, baby. We going across the border. <laughs> Bringing that barbecue to Mexico. Yeah. Like I said, six. it's a little I think they I think the the overall personality of the team is a little volatile. I think it costs them a little bit. I think it costs them a couple games. All right. Buddy. All right. <laughs> I want to I want to <laughs> Matt go. I'm too curious. Well, okay. 49ers going like 14 and 2. No. I'll, I'll get up. I'll leave. <laughs> Never. I'll start with fourth place. Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals at 5 and 11. They're, uh, I have the uh, 5 and 11, 3 and 3 in division split with all their division opponents. They're, oh, that's interesting, actually. Huh. Mm-hmm. I have them splitting in their division and their non division wins coming against the Falcons and the Raiders. No, okay. five wins. Everyone else they lose against. Um, then I have the Seahawks at eight and eight. 
in third place. Um, I have them beating Broncos, beating Bears, beating Cowboys, losing to the Cardinals and the Rams back-to-back, -back, beating the Raiders in London on their bye week, coming out of their bye week, losing to the Lions, Chargers, and Rams three in a row, beating wow. the Packers because they have the Packers numbers, <laughs> losing to the Panthers, the 49ers, the Vikings, before beating the 49ers, Chiefs, and Cardinals to end the season. Wow. So, so they're going to start off really bad and – Try to bring it back eight and eight. I don't think that's enough to get you a wild card slot no, in the NFC. Not in the NFC, no. No, especially when uh, the second place team in the NFC is the Rams, and they're going to go nine and seven. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what? <laughs> you want to you want to know who the Rams are losing to? This yes. Year? They're gonna. <laughs> I'm assuming. Okay, well, I'm assuming most of the teams Justin said. Maybe. Go ahead. I thought I was going to be the lowest. Sure, go. Well, they are going to lose to the Chargers. Okay. They're, they're going to start off really good. They're, you know, they're going to start and beat the Raiders, beat the Cardinals, lose to the Chargers, then win their next three in a row against the Vikings, the Seahawks, and the Broncos. Then they lose to the 49ers. Then they beat the Packers. Then they lose to the Saints, beat the Seahawks again, lose to the Chiefs, go into their bye week, come back, lose to the Lions. They'll beat the Bears and the Eagles, and then they'll lose to the Cardinals and 49ers to end the season. Wow. <laughs> they go 3-3 three and three in the division by account of sweeping the Seahawks but getting swept by the 49ers. Who are your a NFC West division champs? At 12-4. and four. What? <laughs> the only loss – they're going to be 12-4, and 4-2 four, four and two in division. The only losses I have for the 49ers this season – are to the Chiefs. They lose to the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> number one, Number one Chiefs fan. Number one Chiefs fan, Matt Dustman. Uh, yeah, so uh, they lose to the Chiefs, and then they lose to the Cardinals, then they'll lose to the Buccaneers. I have the Buccaneers having one big upset this year, and it's against the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> And then they lose to the Seahawks. Wow. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is either going to go 8-8 eight and eight this year or he's going to go 16-0. and 0. So I, I think it's one or the other. The, it's, it's one or the other. So, Matt, you're, you're cutting the – you're dead in the middle. So, wow. I'm telling you're you. You're on the record, too. I am on the record. You are on the record. The 49ers win the NFC West. NFC West at 12-4. and four. With only two losses outside the division. Man. All right, Corey. Okay. My, Corey, the closet Rams fan. My, uh, I feel like my Arizona Cardinals predictions kind of a hyperbole, but I have them at 3-13. and 13. Wow. Uh, I'm not big on the talent on their roster. They're all old. Everybody's fucking old. Mm -hmm. uh, besides Josh Rosen, uh, new head coach, growing pains there. Uh, a lot. I think a lot, a lot, a lot of their success over the past few years has been because of Bruce Arians. He was one of the best head coaches in the NFL right. has ever seen. Right, he's uh, really good. But so you lose him, you lose a lot. Mm -hmm. um, their wins I have against the Bears. Uh, yeah, against the Bears, uh, one win against the 49ers. And then one against the Lions because Lions always lose those games that they're supposed to win. <laughs> they do. They actually do. Um, 
Next, I have the Seattle Seahawks at 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, I have them going 3-3 three and three in division. Uh, off 4-0, and, oh, and then just... Tapering off. Tapering off, yeah. Uh, wins coming from Broncos, Bears, Cowboys, Cardinals, Raiders, Packers, and 49ers, and the Cardinals again. Okay. Uh, next... I'm glad I wasn't the highest on the 49ers here uh, because I felt a little bit dirty, like, putting them so high. <laughs> um, I have them at 10-6. and six. Uh, I have them also at 3-3 three and three in division, though. Um, losses against the Vikings, the Chargers, the Cardinals, uh, Seahawks, Broncos, and the Rams. Uh I also ten and six doesn't get them in the playoffs this year. Am I? Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, okay. NFC. Yeah, NFC. And then I have the Rams winning the division at eleven and five. Uh, losses to the Vikings, 49ers, Packers, Saints, and Eagles. Okay. So I mean, we all put them. I think we all put them in the same, same order. order. Yeah. Yeah. It was just. It, uh, it was just. I didn't. Okay, you know. Well, I'm not counting you. Oh, you're you're just <laughs> you're a meme. Who man? Listen, we have we have a we have a good friend. I have it on good authority that Jimmy Garoppolo looked better than Tom Brady when they were still on the same team. You have from, it on. I, I've I've heard it from a trusted source. It's our friend Krebs, isn't it? No, it, it's <laughs> it's uh, Jimmy G. Jimmy G himself. Jimmy G himself. Or, no, not himself. It's just another guy named Jimmy G. <laughs> oh, all right. No, that's fine. Jimmy G. He works at the Shell gas station. James Jaropolo. Jim. Man, that's strange. His name is so close. So yeah. Johnny Vegas. Right. But I think the average, even with Matt uh, swapping, I don't think it makes a difference. We pretty no. much have it go Rams, uh, Rams, Niners, Seahawks, Cardinals from descending order. Yep. So well, I had Rams, Seahawks, or not, no, it, Cardinals, Seahawks, 49ers. Yeah, that's what I said. Cardinals at the bottom for all four of us. You said Seahawks. Did I? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I, then I, that was my mess up. It's, yeah. All of us had the Cardinals at the bottom. The next team in third was the Seahawks for all right. of us. Three of us had uh, then the Niners and then the Rams, and then Matt had Rams, Niners. Right. So. Yeah. Next, next week, though. The AFC West. Next huh? week we get to do the AFC West. Oh, buddy! And uh, I, I, I made a goof. I didn't mean to do this, but to give you kind of a spoiler, next week Matt might kill Corey because of what Corey has the Chiefs going. Uh, and uh, it'll be really funny. Yeah. We'll yeah. See. Also, how much it. are we gonna meme about the Raiders? Probably oh, a lot. Oh my god. I've been dunking on them this entire offseason. Right. I, I've been nonstop dunking on the Raiders. They look like horse shit. Yeah. That's going to do it for us. Uh, nope. Yeah. Uh, what are oh, you? We got one more thing? Oh, yeah. We well, I want thing. your mock draft. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The mock draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What's your mock draft? All right. So I, I picked 12th out of 12th people. It was a PPR mock draft. I First round, I got Michael Thomas. Um as long as he's the same, he's probably going to be my target at that position. <laughs> uh, uh, but he's also, like, that's his ADP is, like, yeah. 11 to 14. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, then I took Julio. Um, he's a safe pick. I mean, if you can get Julio in the second round, I don't care, like, yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, that's like, true. Uh, 
third round, 36, I took Derrick Henry. Nice. Uh, he was a little bit of a reach from what the site was showing, but uh, I think they're probably going to be focusing on him a little bit more this year. I mean, like, Marcus Mario is good, but he's not taking the strides as you'd want him to, whereas Derrick Henry looks great. Mm. Uh then I took Demarius Thomas to round out my flex spot. Uh, I'm kind of high on him this year because of uh, Keenum. Keenum, right, actual quarterback that can throw it down the field. He's, he was ha- able to have success with uh, Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph, so I'm sure he'll be able to find success with the offense, like with Demarius and Sanders. Right. Uh, then – I took back-to-back tight ends. Uh, Okay. One was Evan Ingram. Uh, I was kind of iffy on Evan Ingram. There's a lot of mouths to feed on that offense, if that offense even gets going. And then I I don't want to do it just because of Justin, but I took Jimmy Graham. (laughs) Yeah! Seventh round, seven, yeah, seventh now. round. Uh, Just now, to round out, hours left him. To round out my second starting running back, I took Chris Thompson. He's a PPR champ. Um, True. I got me and Kuiper's boys, Robbie Anderson, in the eighth. Yay, Robbie Anderson. Uh, round nine, I took Jamal Williams, Green Bay. Uh, apparently, that whole running back competition up in Green Bay is crazy right now they are um, both showing off really right. well it's gonna uh, be great then I can't I, wait then i took cj anderson cj anderson's like as long as he's healthy he's like 800 yards yeah a few touchdowns mm-hmm. uh and then because of what's going on in green bay i also took aaron jones <laughs> all right <laughs> just so i could have whichever one and handcuff them together uh quarterback jared goff in the 12th round kicker dan bailey saints defense and then i took john brown uh he's the ravens now ravens are gonna suck <laughs> joe flacco is gonna throw it downfield a lot and guess who's gonna be there it's gonna be john it's brown gonna be john brown yeah that's a All good right. that's a good draft i like that that's yeah. a pretty i wouldn't i don't think that that will be what happens right in our uh because our our good friend krebs will take thomas before you Right, because Man, I that's can't wait for our La Liga history. Because that's because that's what he does, right? And then uh, I got someone to my right that's going to take Derrick Henry in the third round. <laughs> what are you talking so, about? What are you talking? I know you not think I don't know what all of you are going to do. <laughs> this is only the only thing I think about all year long. I don't know. So like, you don't know my draft tendencies. I'm glad. Chiefs. I'm glad I finally <laughs> did a mock draft that. Uh, didn't have Kareem Hunt falling to me because I know it's not going to happen. Kareem Hunt's going to go within the first four picks. Nah. No, no, no. First six. First six. Because Tobin picks six. There are two Chiefs fans in the league. Okay. So, so uh, wait, wait. Where are people listening to us, Justin? Well, you're either. Look down at your fucking phone, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Damn. you're listening to. You're listening. <laughs> Damn, dude. Damn. You're listening to us on either the Google, the Google Podcast app or the Apple Podcast app. 
or if you're on your personal computer system, you're listening to us on podcast.com. And hope and in in the next couple weeks, maybe also YouTube. Oh shit, looking, we are moving up in the I'm world. I'm looking into it. Might as well put it on YouTube. You ain't wrong. So when we're not, or when they're not listening to us, but want to know what we think about stuff, where do they go? Hit the home button on your phone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Real quick, name of the episode. Look down at your phone. We always figure it out. You are now at the main menu of your phone. Click on the Twitter app. <laughs> Hit the search button. <laughs> Type F A D P O D into the search. F A D P O D. Yes, into the search bar. We will be there. <laughs> Once again, F A D P O D into the goddamn search bar. (laughs) We are there. Go find us. Anyway, you can also go back on your Twitter app and follow our personal Twitters. Repeat steps two to three. Yes. You idiot. You jackass. <laughs> <laughs> follow at Real Nate Kuiper. Follow at Corey on Sports. Follow your boy Jusby. And then Matt's fucking Twitter name. <laughs> <laughs> left en- it's Left Engerman without an E in the left. Yes. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good way. It's just Left Engerman is a good way to put it. Anyway, you two are doing teams next week. Go. Who do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> the Bears. You want to do the Bears? The Bears. Wait, the Bears. Did you do the Bears? I did the Bears. Oh, yeah, he did the Bears. I did the other Bears. The other Bears? The Lions? No, those are already <laughs> done. Oh, that's right. Uh, The Browns. You did the Browns? The other Orange. Yeah, I'm going to do the Texans. <laughs> okay, Browns and Texans. I know why you want to do the Texans. Yeah, you, you know why. To, you get to sell me on them. I won't. I'm going to sell you on why the Texans aren't going to be that good, you idiots. That's what yeah. you're selling them. Right. You're a hard sell on them. Yeah. Yay. I am a hard sell. Hard agree. Anyway, hope Goodbye. hope you guys Goodbye. had fun. I, I, don't don't be mean. I just called. <laughs> after I just got into telling them jackasses. Get away from me. I will, I will hopefully you all listen to us in a week from now. Don't leave after what I just said to you. Anyway, I love you. I don't. End it, hurry! Ah! What? What happened? I don't know. Oh, no, we didn't lose.